Hey, what's up, y'all? What's going on? This is episode three of the Jess Ivan Jr. podcast. And first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for each and every person that is listening and has been supportive and just rocking out with your boy. I really, really, really appreciate it. And if this is your first time listening, I just want to just say thank you for tuning in and listening because I know everybody has a lot going on in their plate and you got a lot of other things that you can be doing that's very, very useful than taking some time out of your day to listen to this podcast. So I definitely appreciate you and I'm definitely very, very thankful for you for listening to this podcast. So I'm ready to get into this topic because I'm pretty excited just to talk about this because I believe this is something that we all have opinions on or we all heard or experienced in this way. And I believe that the church kind of handled this wrong. Not every church, obviously. I don't speak for every church. But I just feel like the church, we kind of speak, or not speak, but we kind of drop the ball or not really talked about this in a proper, or or what this means exactly, you know. Uh, we just seen other people abuse it and um, put their little twist on it. And now it causes other people to like flee from the church or flee and don't even want to give Christians a chance because of certain other people that did the wrong things. You know, they don't speak for everybody. So I kind of wanted to get into this topic. So the topic I really want to talk about today is modesty. You know, being modest. And I, I kind of want to talk about it on a kind of broad spectrum. And I, could, I really could break this down. We could have other conversations being specific about each little thing. But I want to kind of talk about it very broad. So that way I don't confuse you guys about what direction I'm going about it. But I'm kind of, I'm going to kind of uh, round it up and have you guys think about something like towards the end of the conversation. So that way you don't think I'm like all over the place or anything like that. But I kind of want to make it a little broad, you know. Because so, I mean, to be honest, this is a, a topic that's very broad that you can, you know, go all the way around with it and stuff like that. So, anywho, we're going to talk about modesty. Like, what is it? Uh, What examples have you seen of it before? So, pretty much modesty is um, pretty much representing God in a way that you, like, dress, uh, your conduct, how you carry yourself, uh, like, being, uh, having humility, being honest, like, your appearance shouldn't um, attract you shouldn't have a malicious intent with how you dress or anything like that. Um, and really the way our, like how we are out of appearance and how we carry ourselves, that's how we represent God as well. So, which I think it's very, very important. Like all of us should be modest in many different ways, but I do believe believers and different other religious cults and other crazy people out here be, um, be really like stretching this, like very, very much like stretching it. Like, I'm talking about being like OD on it. And I'm talking about even being past being biblical at this point. I'm talking about like they got their own malicious intent when it comes to like. Like there's one thing I'm saying, okay, this is what God wants. This is what he says in the Bible. Let's strive to do this. And there's another thing that was like, well, where you taking your own belief and malicious intent and looking at women. Because really, when you think about modesty, too, this really goes with women more than men. Which in the Bible, in the Bible context, a lot of it is towards the women. Because women back then, uh, they were using their appearance to be more like seductive and stuff like that to attract men. But there's a there but this could go for men too. And there's an aspect of it that us men needs to be checked on as well. Which I'm gonna get into all of that, like towards the end of it and stuff like that. So, real quickly, 
Um, and some people that are are crazy about modesty for for like for women and, and, and stuff like that. And how crazy they are like some places like I ain't gonna lie. Some some of these like denominations or other cults and stuff like no, I'm sorry, the, the, the other denominations aren't cults, but there are cults. They do cultish type stuff. I mean, I'm just being honest, being real here, and um. They really like want people dressed head to toe, especially women. Like women being dressed head to toe, wearing uh, dresses that come down past the bottom of their toes and turtlenecks past their eyebrows and all this and all this other stuff. And it, it's just it's just ridiculous, you know what I mean? So you might hear some verses that they might say. There's some verses that you might hear for them to draw in this point but even a lot of this is drawn out of context for real so if you even look at like first timothy 2 9 through 10 and this is paul talking to timothy this is protege and whatever and he says you know likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire but with what is prosper for women who profess godliness with good works so pretty much don't take this and be like, look, you shouldn't even wear jewelry and all this other stuff and blah, 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 blah. When Paul, if you read like the whole context of uh, 1 Timothy, this whole chapter 2, like Paul is talking about men and women. And he's talking about their specific roles because God did give men and women specific roles. And he was really critiquing it too because he was critiquing men because men had a lot of issues with anger. And then with women, they had issues with their modesty the way they dress because they were using like i said their outer appearance to be seductive to try to attract men because they had their own malicious intent with that so he's not saying oh you can't wear jewelry or you can't dress nice or anything like that it's all about your intent and what you're trying to do how you're trying to look because at the end of the day if you are a christian and you are a believer you have to be modest you have to be respectable because at the end of the day it's not just church everyday life you know what I'm saying? We're representing God every day because the church is not a building. You know, we are the church. We are the church. You know what I mean? So, that's what Paul is talking about here. Not like, oh, you have to look a certain way. You know what I mean? It's not like he's not being strict with that. He's letting, you know, he's just getting it. He's letting women know and he's letting men know and checking them up on two things because both men and women were messing up in two different ways. And then also you might hear like maybe like 1 Corinthians 6, 19 where it says, do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. So pretty much, sometimes you'll hear a verse where it's like, oh, your body is a temple, so you should mark it. You know, you shouldn't get pierces, you shouldn't get this, blah, 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 this and that. When in reality, when Paul is writing this in context, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, and you get close to 19, he's actually talking about sexual immorality. Not by, like, your appearance and how you dress and stuff like that. So, like, real quickly, like, sex, sexual immorality is, like, lust is, like, any premarital sexual things, uh, stuff, stuff of that nature. Like, just to give a brief, like, definition of that, like, I could talk about a whole topic about sexual immorality either. So, this is what Paul, he's pretty much talking about, like, our bodies are being a temple. And a lot of the people in the Church of Corinthians, they were using their body. Like, there's a lot of sexual sins going on in the Church Corinthians at the time. So Paul is addressing this. There's a lot of sexual immorality going on. So he's saying the body, your body is a temple because when you become a believer, you do have the Holy Spirit that's in you and your sexual desires, your sexuality, like all that different stuff is spiritual at the end of the day. It's not just physical. It's also spiritual. And if, if you have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, 
that conflicts, right? So, just real briefly, he's talking about sexual immorality, sexual immorality when he's talking about it in this verse, that our body is a temple with the Holy Spirit in it, and to avoid sexual immorality, you know, to flee because it conflicts with our spirit, because at the end of the day, the battle is not between flesh and blood, but spirits, read Ephesians, you know what I'm saying? So, that's what he's talking about in that verse. Or you might hear First uh, Peter 3, 3 and 4, where it's like, don't let your beauty consist of our, outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable, quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is great worth in God's sight. So, in this verse as well, this is not just focusing on women saying you can't wear fancy hairstyles, you can't wear jewelry and clothes and all this stuff, you can't, you gotta look born plain Jane and all the other stuff, that's not what it's talking about, in this context, this verse we read, uh, 1 Peter 3 um, it's about husbands and wives, about certain things husbands need to do, certain things the wives need to do, right and God is more focused about our heart versus our outer appearance that's what God is more in, like more, more uh, focused on so a lot of the times as humans we focus a lot on our appearance how we look to impress or for or whatever you know or whatever uh intent that you might have and god has let women know like look it ain't about the elaborate hairstyles it's not about the fine clothes blah 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 but rather inside of your heart that's what god cares about and especially in your marriage that's what's really going to matter not about your clothes and all this other different stuff so that's what that is pretty much talking about. And then you got the infamous verse that everybody likes to talk about when it's talking about tattoos and piercings of that forth. And it's Leviticus 19.28, which is, You are not to make gashes on your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. And you hear that a lot too for people that say, Okay, you can't get tattoos or piercings and all this other forth. But sometimes what people don't think about is the Bible is written not directly to us, but for us. Meaning that the Bible was written to a select group of people at a select group of time at a select group location. So, and especially in the Old Testament, a lot of people, um, they'll try to apply certain rules and laws to everybody. When in fact, you know, they're not an Israelite uh, or, or Jewish or even or part of the Hebrews. Uh, and they try to push that on everybody else when God's not even talking directly to them. So anyways... Pretty much in this verse, God is talking to the Israelites, right? That's God's chosen people. He's talking to the Israelites. And he's telling the Israelites, do not make gashes on your bodies for the dead. Keywords for the dead or put tattoo marks on your on yourselves. Because another nation surrounding the Israelites were the Canaanites. And the Canaanite nation, they were pretty much into like, they were very, very into a lot of crazy wicked stuff like for instance like they did child sacrifices and their god that they worship was molech and they literally did child sacrifices where they would burn their child their children a lot on metal on their metal god right and they were into a whole bunch of other crazy uh practices for their god so god realized that and he told the uh, israelites like look I don't want you guys putting tattoos or, or marking or gashing like piercings or anything like that because if you do that, you might be influenced enough to go worship their gods and be and, and do crazy sacrifices and stuff like that to like like them. 
Like, you could easily be influenced, pretty much. So, he was like, I don't want you guys doing that just because of what's going on around you, because of what the Canaanites are doing, and that's what they're doing to themselves. So, this verse has nothing to do with us. It has something to do with the Israelites for a specific time because of what the surrounding nations were doing. And they were doing their, and they were marking themselves, putting tattoos to worship their idols or to, or for the dead and stuff of that nature. So it's for the Israelites at that time, not for us. So if you have piercings, cause I do, if you have tattoos, I do, you're not going to hell. Okay. You're not sinning. You're not a horrible person or anything that in that nature. Okay. So you're good to go when it comes to that, you know, and like I said earlier, like us humans, we kind of focus a lot. And to be honest, we all do this. Like everybody, I do it. We all do it, right? To the point where, like, we, like say for instance, like back when you was in school, like think about you was back in school, right? And a new kid comes into the room or like a new teacher comes into the room. And the first thing you're going to look is, is at their appearance. Like, let's just be honest. We all go look at their appearance, especially for kids back then. Like you're going to be like, look, this kid walk in. The first thing you might look at is their shoes. What shoes they got on? Like, is their shoes cool or how they dressed? And then you might look at how their hair looks or and that like we look at the outer. That's what we do. That's what he was do. That's what we do. And God time and time again tells us to not focus on outer appearance, but the heart of a person. Like I even think about in, you know, first Samuel 16, seven, you know, and, um, and the Lord said to Samuel, who was uh, the first king of Israel. And he says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. Humans do not see what the Lord sees. For humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. You know, and this is talking about David. Pretty much because David was pretty much chosen by God at a young age. You know, he slain Goliath and he was a shepherd boy. You know, back then, you know, ancient, ancient Israel time and stuff like that. Shepherd was not. A glorious job. It was a bum job. Like, nope. I mean, they weren't. It wasn't glorified or anything like that. So people back then don't look at a shepherd like, oh, you're just a shepherd, whatever. Like, I know you can't do much. But God doesn't look at what we look at. God doesn't look at the outer appearance. He looks at the heart of a person. He knows how much a person has in them by the inside, not the outside. That's a lesson we all can learn. It's to not judge a book by its cover. Like, how many times we look at somebody right and be like. Dang, look at this person. This person's lame. Or look at this person. This person look weird. Or this person does this and that and that and that forth. And then you realize this person's talented. Or this person's actually really cool. Or this person is is smarter than you think. Or, or you know, like, we do it all the time. We judge a book by its cover a lot. And um, I think that's something that we all have to stop doing. Uh, I mean, and to be honest, I mean, like I said, it's hard. Because like I said, we all look. We all look at appearance every last one of us we do it but i think we focus more on the heart of a person based on how not based on how the person looks on the outside it can really take us way further than you know we want to give credit for now i really want to move into the next part too of what i'm going to talk about as well because when you think about modesty like i said especially in the church this is definitely for the church as well and not, and not to mention we go through this also like in society as well like a lot of society but like in, in the bible i get it that if modesty was mainly addressed towards women because they were using pr provocative ways to try to attract men and other different reasons that wasn't good for them however in the church i have noticed that we really emphasize on women being modesty or being modest because 
you know, we don't want men to stumble or you don't want men like we don't want men to 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 fall short and stumble and stuff like that. And then you'll see the guys like it'll be women of faith that they'll be at the beach, right? Post an Instagram pic of them being at the beach. And and you'll see some men of you know, men of faith. They'll comment on there talking about like, oh, you need to cover up and all this other different stuff. I'm like, bro, they're at the beach. You feel me? They're at the beach. They are. They're at the beach. What's she supposed to put, put on? Turn on like at the beach, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what what she put on? Put, so put on jeans, pants at the beach. And it's 80, 90 degrees at the beach. Like, that's, it sounds ridiculous, right? It sounds ridiculous. And the church sometimes, not everybody, clearly, because I don't speak for all churches, obviously. But from a lot of them that I've seen, they always emphasized women needs to like make sure women are super super covered up because we don't want the boys to stumble you know we don't want the guys to fall short or we don't want you to call somebody to sin you know this and that but however we never address with that same energy towards guys when it comes to lust let's talk about that because that's a huge issue when it comes to men men have lust like it's very easy for guys to have lust in their hearts like, let's be honest. Like, even if you look in the Bible, right? The people in the Bible, look, you look at all the kings. When you look at Samson, and you look at David, and you, like, like, I can keep going with these kings and rulers had multiple women. Multiple wives. You know what I'm saying? Multiple wives. Or even Abraham. Like, granted, I know Sarah uh, was the one that came up with this scheme to get the, uh, their servant pregnant and stuff like that. So, you have a baby. But to a certain degree... I bet she looked good, though. I bet she did. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's been many of men that had, like, so much lust problems and looking at women as a, like, as, 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 uh, as a piece of meat, if you will. And some of men let it get really, really out of control, which causes them to really spiral out of control and do other things that are really aren't acceptable as well. And sometimes I feel like we put too much energy in saying women need to cover up. So if you look, if you don't want to get raped or anything like that, oh, you need to make sure you need to cover up. You need to make sure you need to do X, Y, and Z, and this, that, third. But we're not also talking to the men and telling them how to conduct themselves. Because the Bible talks a lot about sexual immorality, for instance. When I, like I brought it up earlier. Like you look at 1 Corinthians 6, 18. It says to flee. To flee from sexual immorality. That means to go away, flee. Like if you start to have any lust any burning passion desires to do anything to flee to flee or even with jesus and the sermon on the mount if you read matthew 5 when he talks about you know but if i tell you if you look at another woman and want her you already unfaithful in your thoughts in your thinking like let's be like it's crazy like even jesus was like oh uh, hold on let me go back and actually read this if you read matthew 5 27 30 and this is key this is what jesus talking he was like you ever heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with, with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of, the, one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if, you write, and, if, and, if, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than... That your whole body goes into hell, pretty much. So, pretty much, obviously, Jesus is not saying to literally 
to deal with your lust problem, to cut your arm off or cut your eye out so that way. You know what I mean? But he's he's being very, very dramatic and metaphorical when he's saying this. He's saying, like, look, it's way better for you if, if your eye or whatever is causing you to sin. Like, so if TV is causing you to, to lust or social media is causing you to lust or even certain music you listen to, if it's causing you to lust and you can't control it, you need to flee and get rid of it totally. Because our sinful desires, especially when it comes to sexual desires, because a lot of it is spiritual. Sexual is spiritual at the end of the day. It's not just physical. It has spiritual effects on us as well. And some people, when they're dealing with lust and things of that nature, it can also their lust can also make them more greedy, makes them more controlling, and all these other different things, which has a huge effect on us. So, for men, and I'm saying I'm not saying all men. I can't speak for all men, but a lot of us men do struggle with lust in many different ways you know pornography is a huge thing in my like that's a huge thing and you might not think oh it's not a big problem and stuff like that but when you ain't got nothing in a while and stuff like that you go straight to it like you can't go without it for some reason like you really like oh well, that's crazy i don't want to go months without blah blah blah, blah. i'm gonna watch this like if i told like if you could actually go cold turkey could you if i said just stop watching and stop doing certain things could you could you stop having sex? Could you? And you can't. And you and some people try to make um, excuses, saying why well, I gotta stop, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, and having sex, blah, blah, blah. Like why, why I gotta stop doing it? You know, I don't have a problem. It's not that big of a deal, stuff like that. Oh, true. But it is a problem if you can't stop doing it ever, or if it's a huge problem if you can't do it anymore, or if it's a big issue. Clearly, it's a problem. And a lot of us men, we have lust issues that sometimes we scroll on our social media feeds because a lot of us do that. You know, we scroll on our social media feeds and you can see a woman that looks nice or curvy, curvy and all this other different stuff that might cause us to lust a little bit. So I'm not I'm on here trying to, you know, I'm not up here trying to to demonize us men because I've gone through it. Like, let's be honest, I've gone through it myself. So I'm, I'm talking to myself ultimately when I'm saying this, but I'm also saying that we need to also check ourselves, fellas. We need to check ourselves and our lust problems. We can't blame women by how they, how they're shaped, or they're taking, or they're uh at the beach with a bathing suit on and blaming them for stumbling, blaming them because we stumbled. No, it's our. At the end of the day, it's ourselves. It's our responsibility. We can't blame another person for that. That's our responsibility to making sure we're getting that right and not blaming women because they either curvy they showed a tad bit of skin you know what i'm saying or they're at the beach with their bathing suit on and things of that nature like even the youth ministry sometimes i've seen i've seen where they were really strict on girls all oh, the girls you need to stop blah 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 you know because there's boys out here well how about we make sure our boys are not you know lusting or trying not to lust i'm not saying i mean i'm not i'm being realistic here obviously or having more conversations about that how they deal with that Let's talk about that instead of just focusing on the girls. Now, and I do understand there are women out here that do be dressing naked and stuff of that nature. So I'm not on here supporting that. But I am saying that as much as we are focused on women or being more modest, we need to focus on men also and focusing on them not being, you know, having their lustful and their lustful desires and stuff like that overtake them to the point where they can't even function. When they see a joint with a nice butt. You know what I'm saying? Like with a nice butt or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. And 
I think this is something that, as the church, we should be better about, about addressing these things. Uh, and then I know sometimes they talk about sexual immorality as a whole, but sometimes it's good to talk very specific about this. Like, about men, because a lot of men deal with lustful desires, sexual desires, like a lot of us do. And sometimes, like, sometimes we'll, we'll speak up about it, depending on... Um, well, I know a lot of people in faith, they don't want to speak up about it. Like, if you're not in the church and you're not a believer and stuff like that, it's a lot easier because society's more accepting of that. You know what I'm saying? Men being like that. And it's a problem. And sometimes, especially like, and honestly, even in the church too, we want to be honest because there are pastors that got hemmed up from, you know, cheating on their wives with people they work with, like people in the church or, or, um, you know, congregation members and stuff like that but sometimes even for us men like our desires can lead us to stepping out on our wives or if you don't even have a wife by having multiple multiple partners right and being greedy and power and and, and, and i'm trying to tell you a lot can stem from that like a lot can stem from our sexual desire our lustful desires if we don't try to deal with it sometimes we be like oh yeah, it's not that big of a deal i got it i can handle it you know what I'm saying? Some people can. Not saying you can't. But not saying you can't deal with it. Maybe you're not that bad. But for some people, be like, oh, I got it. I don't need nobody help. I don't need God's help with it. And then you're in a point where it's like, oh, you just cheated on your wife. Oh, you just did X, Y, Z to this person. Oh, you're in this gym. So now, like, you're in way above your head when you saw the red flags earlier. So I just think um, when it comes to modesty... Like, for one, when it comes to outer appearance, about how you dress, when it comes to about how you look, tattoos, earrings, all this different stuff, your hair color, stuff like that. Like, if they, people ain't out here being naked and out here trying to really have a malicious tent on what they're trying to do. Like, guys, I think it's really important for us that we stop trying to look at people about their outer appearance and how they look. Especially believers. Stop doing it. Because there's a lot of people that, that hasn't been in church culture. And a lot of it is like, it's really just culture. It's really tradition. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing like, I mean, I, I, I just don't see how, I think it's hard for me to see like people in the early church where they were like meeting in church in their houses and, and shacks and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, your tunic ain't long enough. Or, oh, uh, your sandals straps look weird so i don't want you in here celebrating with us for communion and stuff like that like to me it's just hard like i'm sure it was they i'm sure they had to look a certain way obviously like they, they didn't want women coming in their butt naked but they weren't in there like super pressed like how a lot of i feel like like how a lot of us are you know like i don't think the early church in, in the roman empire or middle east or north africa they was like oh nah nah bro you weren't this certain color or your joints your thing is too your tuning is too short or your sandals ain't, you know, that, or you can't, you can't celebrate with us. You can't have church and fellowship with us. And I think sometimes we just, we just too, we're too in tradition, too in the culture. You know, just practicing certain things which aren't necessarily bad, like traditions ain't bad. And I'm actually going to do a podcast episode about traditions in, uh, in particular. So I'm probably going to either drop that the next episode or episode after that. But that one might give me a little bit of trouble. I'm sorry, but it needs to be talked about, and I don't want to go too deep into it. So, but I think it's important for us to make sure we're looking at the heart of people, because that's ultimately what God looks at. Because to be honest, none of us like for for any type of success that you've had, or any type of success you've seen anybody else had, or the gifts that anybody else has had, like we all are not worthy of it. 
Like even the positions I'm in currently right now, I'm truly not worthy to be spreading the love of God or to be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ or to be teaching the people or even worthy enough to even be talking to you on this podcast. Like, to be honest, I'm not worthy of it. I'm not. But Jesus looked at my heart despite of all my deficiencies, all my flaws, all the things that I've dealt with in my life and my non, my overly, overly, overly issue that I've been dealing with my whole life, which is doubt, seeing myself as less likely, seeing myself as crap, my depression, stuff like that. Even with that, God was, I'm going to take this guy who, you know, was born prematurely and who had problems walking and couldn't talk well and stuttered and had no confidence in himself and kids made fun of him and who literally doesn't think he could do anything good in this world and battles with depression and stuff like that. I'm going to take this guy and he, and I'm going to use him to reach people. I'm going to use him to make a difference for other people. And that's what God has done with me. And thank God, you know, thank God. Just thank you, Jesus. He's so graceful that he doesn't look at what I've been through. He don't look at the mistakes that I constantly make. He doesn't look at circumstances. He just looks at my heart. He's looking at my willingness. And I think we need to look at like that when it comes to a lot of different people. And we tend to look at the outer appearance way more than the inner appearance in their heart. And as believers, we're supposed to strive to be like Christ, right? This is one instance. this is one way we can start to do that. So when you see somebody you know for the first time, even though you might look at their appearance, don't hold that above their head and already have a a um opinion about them right away until you really get to know them and their character and stuff and like that stuff. I think a lot of us can learn from that. And honestly, also another thing that's important as well is to remember the second half of the conversation that I talked about that was really broad is the fact that, you know, as much as we want women to be modest and to cover up because um, of the history that does come with with, uh, with women, how they were using themselves to get attention that wasn't good in that and, and stuff like that. We also need to keep that same energy as much with men that comes with lust and the lustful desires and the sexual desires that they have like in their hearts and I'm not saying that's for every man once again I'm just not saying that but there are a lot of them that it is right and a lot of men have this issue and that needs to be addressed just as much as women you know that's what I believe because the Bible talks just like the Bible talks more about sexual immorality than being modest well I believe so yeah I believe so because especially sexual immorality, like, Paul is really strict with it, like, really on when it comes to that. So, it's both important. Like, men, we have to check ourselves when it comes to that, just like women have to check themselves when it comes to making sure they're not dressing just to be out here naked or out here just to get attention from men seductively and try to, you know, like, all of that's important. So, I just want to wrap up with just saying this remember to look at the heart of a person not just their appearance if you have been judged in the past I'm sorry I have as well and it's such that you went through that feeling because it's not a good feeling at all and if you have judged somebody like I have you know God still forgives you he still loves you and you still have other opportunities to make the wrongs you did right because we all have judged and been judged and looked at each other down and especially the believers you know we we like not saying all believers 
But a lot of believers, unfortunately, that we have this negative stigma of the many negative stigmas that the world gives us, whatever. But the stigma that, you know, Christians are judgmental, they, they look at you, you can't wear this, you can't wear that, da da da. And then, unfortunately, there are places and people that are like that. And that's because of how they grew up. That's because of what they were taught in the environment they grew up in and their little traditions and stuff that they do. So unfortunately, just like anyone that's from the hood that ends up joining a gang or anyone that gets up on drugs or or someone that might become an abuser and stuff like that, a lot of people are, are products of their environment, right? So most of the time, if that's all you see and that's all you know, a lot of the time you end up that way. So unfortunately... As annoying it is to deal with people like this. It's good to read the word for yourself. To learn for yourself. So that's way so that so that way when you do see somebody that is like this, you can have a conversation like, whoa, like, where are you getting this information from? Like, keep pointing out in the verse, like, let's talk about it, let's chop it up. And that way you never know. They they might have been told, oh, that the Bible says this. You need to do this. But then you who read the word and actually read it in context of what it's talking about, you actually break it down to them in a way that they can understand. And actually can really broaden the horizons. So you never know what can happen. But it's really important that we read. I'm sorry, excuse me. That we read the word for ourselves. So, But yeah, this is the end of the episode. Thank you guys for rocking out with me. And remember, stop looking at the appearance, y'all. Focus on the heart. Alright, y'all. Peace.